What is going on, everybody out there? Welcome to the IGN All-Star Community Podcast. This is episode 21. Of, uh, are we on 21? I think we're on 21, right? 21s. 21, yeah. So episode 21 of season two of the podcast. I am one of your hosts, the epic Jake James Lugo. Pete's not with us today. Pete right now, he's doing God's work. He's, he's you know, working on the- far, far away. Yeah, he's in a galaxy far, far away. He's actually working on the IGN, uh, uh, what is it, Star Wars Battlefront Wiki Guide. You know, he's over there really kind of like, you know, working hard and making a great guide. I've seen it. I messed around with it, you know, looked around in there, doing some good stuff. So he's working hard on that to make sure that the guide is good for you guys that go to IGN, you know, on a regular. But with me, I got David. It's me and you, David, this week. What's going on, dude? Oh, I, I, know I just started jumping into Uncharted myself, actually. Ooh, Uncharted, really? I went ahead and bit the bullet and just picked up the PS4 version, which I have never played any of the first two at all, so decided to just start from the beginning. And Welcome to a whole new world, David. Oh yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's very <laughs> very cinematic, which I'm sure most people listening know that, but you really get a sense of scale and, no, yeah, it's it's fun so far. I'm not very deep into it. I'm only like six chapters or so in but okay but from what you've played thus far you know buying the bundle for the nathan drake collection do you think it was a definitely a good value thus far oh yeah i mean i got a little bit better deal than normal i mean i bought it at full price but you know i had other coupons and whatnot to roll it through but yeah it was it's yeah it's good i mean i don't care about the multiplayer not being there i just you know the main campaign i i'm not sure how long each game is but you know i figure even at like 12 to 15 hours a piece or something. I mean, no, I think that's a good deal. Three games and three uh, very highly rated games. Yes, and and you got a a special perspective because obviously since you didn't play it before when I was on PlayStation 3, you're getting it now where it's like at its most optimal type of presentation, its most optimal Yeah, it looks really good, even the first one, so... I mean, a lot of people say that the first one still kind of looks eh compared to two and three. Like, you'll notice the difference when once you finish all three of them consecutively like that, you know. But still, they're definitely damn fond games for, for now. I mean, at least to play now. At least until we get Uncharted 4. Then all hell is going to break loose. Well, yeah. It'll, it'll pale in comparison, I'm sure. But, you know, it, it looks very nice for a, an early PS3 game. Definitely, definitely. I think it was like close towards the launch of the PlayStation 3, if I'm correct, right? Like, I don't remember the exact date, but I know it was real early up in there. Yeah, yeah, it was It was an early one, so, um, but uh, you know, there's not too much more to say on it until I've progressed further, but I'm nice. liking what I've seen so far. That's your homework. Your homework is to get to at least Uncharted 2. <laughs> and get that Platinum trophy. No, I ain't going to do that to you. That, well, that, that, platinum is... Uh, <laughs> That's but a it's lot, hard. A little a bit lot of work, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still getting used to the controls, so I just I'm playing on normal, and I can't imagine doing my first run on crushing. So. Oh man, yeah. Like, let, let, at least though, you know, once you get to like Uncharted two and Uncharted three and such, you won't have to deal with the multiplayer trophies, which was a for me was a pain in the ass, you know, when I played it back then. But at least with that, you know, everybody kind of understands at this point. You play Uncharted for the story, like you're you're getting that cinematic experience. So you're gonna really enjoy it when when you get deep into it. Yep. Sure, sounds good. So kind of a little little more little bit of a nugget there to throw in before we get into our topics and such i've actually been playing a lot of games too i actually just put up my review of star wars battlefront today as of this recording when we're recording it over on the the coalition but also i've also been working on some guide stuff i've been working on the fallout 4 guide which has been an ordeal in of in of itself but a lot of good stuff going into that guide there's a bunch of us working on it it's going to probably hopefully be the most comprehensive guide for fallout 4 on the internet by the time we're done so those of you that have been playing Fallout 4, even if you've been playing on PC, Xbox One, or PlayStation 4, a lot of good stuff there for you guys. That uh, It's very helpful information. So I don't know. Dave, uh, David, have you been playing Fallout 4 yet, or have you got a chance to play Fallout 4? No. No, myself, I I have stayed away from it based on the large amount of reviews that say if this isn't your kind of game, Fallout 4 is not going to change your mind. So Did you play 3 or New Vegas? No. Like, they always weren't really my kind of game. I was starting to kind of feel the hype for 4. Um, we had talked about it on the other show, but then when the reviews started coming saying, you know, if you like this kind of game, you're going to really like it, but if you don't, this isn't going to be the one that changes your mind, and I feel like that's more my camp. Mm. Be, that's just the whole uh, Western RPG thing. Like, 
I yeah. think I like the idea of it more than <laughs> I like playing it. Well, let me put it this way. As someone who did not like Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas, because and, and it's funny too because games like that, those, or even a game like Mass Effect, which I actually love the Mass Effect series, but the first time I played that, that game, Mass Effect 1 specifically, I hated it. I thought it was boring. I was coming much more from a Japanese RPG perspective where things like, you know, some Final Fantasy games, things are much more happening a lot quicker when you get into the game and such and western rpgs are a little bit much more slower paced they take a lot more build up with stuff that goes on but as someone that came from that type of perspective and has kind of grown a little bit you know i would say that fallout 4 definitely even if you haven't played three in new vegas this one's a, i think is a good one to kind of get into the series if you want to kind of explore it because this one has a lot more elements of a fast-paced shooter than previous fallout games like previous fallout 3 and fallout new vegas were a lot more slower like things were much more kind of like relying on the VAT system. And this one, having played so much of Fallout 4 at this point, uh, I really didn't use a lot of the VATs, you know, very seldom that I did so. And I played it much more like a shooter, like an open world shooter compared to like, you know, Borderlands or something. Like that's where I feel should be like a better way to describe this game, even though there still is like an open world to get immersed in. There's a lot of dialogue options and a lot of factions and quests that you could do that kind of change up depending on how you approach the game and such. I, I really suggest that once, you know, you get more downtime, you know, after completing all the Uncharted games, because I think you should complete those first. Once you get some more downtime, definitely check out Fallout 4. Okay. But yeah. So let's move on towards some of our topics. Because we've got two topics that we want to talk about. So let's talk about your thing first, because I feel like my topic might take a little bit longer. Let's talk about Black Friday gaming deals. So what's up with this, David? So as we know, uh, next week is American Thanksgiving, and that is quickly followed up by the real holiday, Black Friday. And, mm, real holiday <laughs> yeah well you know me not to be the downer but i don't particularly have a a fine spot for thanksgiving so really? you don't like that turkey you don't no, like that mashed i don't potatoes. like any of the food so oh it's man kind of, you know, not even the apple pie i don't like pie of oh my anything. god how can you not like pie ah yeah the turkey <laughs> is just like so bland and whatever it's just like whatever it's it's hard when everybody's trying to force you to be thankful with food that you don't care about. So, uh, but that's not the point here. (laughs) Not to get into the weeds on that. Uh, So, as it turns out, many of these deals will be online probably the day this goes up on Monday, but the stores open up, many of them, 6 p.m. on Thursday. So Black Friday has eked its way into Thanksgiving as it is, but I thought I can go over... Some of the gaming deals you can be looking for this year. And if you're not on a current-gen console, it looks like basically the prices are the same everywhere. You can pick different bundles, but you're looking at $300 for the PS4 bundle with a game. That's probably going to be the Uncharted Collection most places. And on the Xbox side... It's actually 300 but some places even give you a gift card back so you can buy the system yeah. for 30 or for 300 and get a $30 gift card back at Walmart for example and that's the Gears of War bundle and then if you're looking at a Wii U I don't think comparatively the values there myself but that is 250 unless you want the two games that it comes with it's 250 it comes with Splatoon and Smash and those are both digital copies, which I think... Yeah, is that was of, from the Nintendo Direct they had recently. Yeah, so that's kind uh, of... Uh, um, to me, that's kind of not as good. I, I don't think they should be digital. Yeah, because they they're retail di- yeah, digital. Like, yeah. You don't have a lot of space for full retail games. And the and by the way, also how long it takes to download those games off the Wii U right. online infrastructure. That That's what's really killer. Like For me, I was hoping for... you know, Hoping they'd blow it out, considering we all know the NX is coming and just really put like a fire sale on the Wii U's. Um, Personally, I would want a Mario Kart Mario Maker bundle. Like a Splatoon Smash bundle doesn't really do anything for me, especially 250 and digital. So I'm going to be passing on this one, but if if you are into Smash and Splatoon and don't have a Wii U yet, that's going to be the best deal you'll find. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that when, if and when you do decide to buy a Wii U or anybody that's thinking about buying a Wii U, get at least one of those games when you get it. If it's not even this bundle and you decide to pay cheaper or you buy a used or something, make sure you get at least one of those games because at least those are the games that you're probably going to get the most enjoyment out of it. You can also pick up Splatoon separately, 35 new at Best Buy. So uh, just to run into a couple of those quick, this is Best Buy, so... Again, if you have the Gamer Club Unlocked thing, which is costs $30 for two years, and you get 20% off all new games. So if you have that, the prices are even lower for you. But some newer games, you have the newer Need for Speed, uh, Metal Gear, and Assassin's Creed Syndicate are all $35. And those were all, especially Assassin's Creed, is a very recent release. Um... Then, as you go down, of course, the games get a little bit older, so $25 range has Arkham Knight, uh, Mad Max, and The Witcher 3. So, there's some some good games to be had at cheap prices if you haven't jumped in yet. And, uh, like, the new Guitar Heroes getting about $30 off at Best Buy. Uh, and Walmart, if you've never been to Walmart on Black Friday, uh, you're in for a treat, a special kind of chaos. And basically, there will be lines in the store to get to just a madhouse of DVDs and video games piled on top of each other where you can find all of their deals. And for the most places, these prices are similar. So Walmart's got the same games at 35 but they also have uh, NHL and you know Madden kind of games Until Dawn is a PS4 one not to just rattle anything off I don't know if there's anything specific you would be looking for um, oh and then on the 25 side you know then they start throwing in uh, 3DS games like yeah. uh, Majora's Mask so there are plenty of games to go with and um, Target goes down to 20 $15 games so you can really stock up and uh, if you have, I think you said you have a historic Black Friday deal. Well, we well here's the thing. Of, now that I think about it, yeah. the, the time frame when it happened, it, it's technically not really a Black Friday deal. It's the greatest game deal that I've ever bought, like that I've ever seen. Now, that, that was going to be my next question, if it had to be a Black Friday deal. Well, no. no I, don't, I mean, this is just, you know, Black Friday is the best time usually in general to get these kind of deals all and, at once. And that's true. Now, that's true. Now, check this deal out, right? So, in case you don't know, if you're not really into Japanese culture or whatnot, there's this thing called Golden Week that happens in Japan. And it's it's a set week where I forgot exactly the, the, the historical significance of it, but there's a lot of festivals and a lot of things that happen over there. But... Online, you know, for the PlayStation Network, they have what's called Golden Week sales, and a lot of the Japanese-oriented games, not just RPGs, but like you know, games that are done by Japanese developers and such, they go on these massive sales, like ridiculous, ridiculous sales that almost make uh, Steam sales look like child's play. Uh, I know that's like a bold statement to say, but check this out. So the Vita version, and I think also the PlayStation Three version of uh, what was it? Of Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. Okay, that's the one that comes with... On the Vita, it comes with Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 HD. But on the PS3, it comes with Peace Walker 2, 3, Metal Gears 1 and 2. So, on the Vita, I remember buying it for the Vita because I already had a physical copy for my PlayStation 3 at the time. For the Vita, I paid $2.30 for that. No lie. Just digital version... Downloaded it for two dollars and thirty cents, and I got two of the best uh, games, arguably of the PlayStation Two era. Yep, but that's very good. regular retail price, okay, was about forty. But at the time, because it, it was already way after the initial release, it was about twenty something, almost like twenty five, twenty seven dollars and change. But I got it for two dollars and thirty cents, and that's insane. Yeah, no, that's very good. I can beat that uh, through a little bit of cheating. Uh, cheating, you cheater, man. Uh, a couple years ago, I got uh, through. Best Buy's error, so I bought uh, Black Flag in Arkham City at the at the same time heading into Black Friday, and this was with the Gamers Club thing as previously mentioned, but they didn't give the discount with the Gamers Club. So at the time, I thought you know maybe uh, the Black Friday deals were exempt because they say the deals are so much off that it's more than the twenty percent off you'd be getting anyway. 
So I was fine with that because I got them at for like you know fifteen twenty dollars a piece. So they were a good deal nonetheless. But then, and I didn't even look into this anymore. But Best yeah. Buy sends out an email, you know, automatically and says, you know, we know we didn't give everybody the twenty percent off, and you're you were definitely supposed to get it. So don't worry, we're gonna make good on it, and you'll be getting the refund in the next couple of days and they just refunded me the That's sneaky. They refund <laughs> they refunded me not the twenty percent, they refunded me one hundred percent. that's hilarious. <laughs> I picked up Black Flag and Arkham City for zero dollars on Black Friday. Wow. Arkham Arkham City is good. I mean that's great. I mean Black Flag is good too or whatnot, but hey if I, yeah, if I just want to get for free. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I mean they're both uh you get to sink a lot of hours into both of them, you know. So that's lots, a good deal, though. Yeah, I mean, cheat cheating, still dirty cheater yeah. right there, but, but not, still <laughs> not my own cheating. Just Best Buy. It, it was Best Buy's generosity. Best Buy. Why, 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 why are you cheating, man? Or why, why, why are you not on top of your game? But the the two dollar Vita game is definitely that's two, a good one. Yeah, two dollar Vita game was good. I know I've had uh, games not just on the Vita, but on PSN specifically, where like games that are going for like maybe thirty, forty dollars, you get them for less than like ten sometimes, which is absolutely nuts at various times of the year. And that's on top of PlayStation Plus because remember, PlayStation Plus gets factored in after whatever deals that they do on top of that, so you. Right. Get, even cheaper yeah, but at like least with the extra $2, 10 to 20 percent off of that even right yeah, yeah exactly like at least though with, with that one specifically the two dollars and thirty cents that was already after playstation plus membership so without it it was about like maybe under five dollars like if it's, i don't remember exactly but yeah. i know it was very cheap for what it was yeah that's still a good deal so uh well that'll wrap it up i guess so yeah. just uh if you're if you're heading out there you definitely want to uh be careful don't get trampled Take don't kill nobody for be, a console, yeah. for God's sake! Be sakes. nice. Don't be one of those people on a YouTube video getting into a fist fight in Walmart. Don't be that don't guy. Be that guy. No. Yeah, yeah. Don't be that guy. Okay. Because yeah, everybody will point and laugh at you on Christmas Day. Just, just video games. It's not a life or death situation, so don't make it be one. And 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 here's another thing too, because we of the time frame of which we are in right now, Black Friday. Like not even a week or so after Black Friday, or no correction, maybe about a week and a half to two weeks after Black Friday, we're getting a new Star Wars movie. So for the love of God, yeah, you don't want to miss that. Or the love of the Force, don't be an idiot. Okay, don't get arrested and thrown in jail because then you're going to miss out on Star Wars Episode Seven, and you wouldn't want to miss out on Star Wars Episode Seven, now would you? No, and it does happen. Personally, I've seen people get in fights i've seen that people walk of shame arrested. <laughs> i've seen people getting arrested on the way out of a store so it's uh yeah this kind of stuff is not just in the news it does happen so you just uh it's real stay <laughs> out of it and just enjoy the time and go back eyes on the prize fans that's right you want to move head down move fast you don't have to chit chat with people just duck your way through the crowd uh and my pro tip would be if you do not need a shopping cart to carry all the stuff you're buying under no circumstances grab a shopping cart because that will just slow you down and you will you're much more maneuverable as a person that can slide in between the other shopping carts remember people anger and hate leads to the jail side i'm yes. just saying yes. <laughs> i'm just saying so but anyway. yeah you can uh go ahead and do that and it's time for a more uh, meta topic and much meta more topic. serious. I like that meta topic. Well, basically, I want to talk about the stuff that's been happening with Kotaku recently because yesterday, as of the time we were recording this, so you guys might hear it a little bit later, so it's probably be maybe about a couple of days or so. Basically, Kotaku kind of opened up a little bit about some of their relationship status with uh, Bethesda and Ubisoft. And why this is significant is because it really shows the changing dynamic and the correlation between games media, you know, not just journalists or reviewers or critics and stuff, but just all of games media and publishers, PR, you know, public relations and such for video games specifically. And that's come under a lot of scrutiny over the last like year or so because of like all these crazy events that have happened and such. And there's been a lot of questions and a lot of discussion about that. But this uh, particular event and this particular editorial that was done by uh, Stephen Totillo, I believe it is. I, you know, I don't have the editorial in front of me, but I believe it was done by Stephen Totillo where he opens up and talks about why is it and, you know, the status of like Kotaku with Bethesda and Ubisoft where Ubisoft and Bethesda kind of, you know, 
without really saying it explicitly, have kind of blacklisted Kotaku for a long time now. And now a lot of that has to do with Kotaku writers really doing their job. Now, a lot of people give Kotaku a lot of crap. You know, that's like nothing new for a variety of reasons. I feel it's really unjustified for a lot of the stuff that people talk about them for because it, when you really get down to the nitty gritty and follow a lot of the stuff, Kotaku really isn't that bad of a website. When it comes to breaking news and getting leaks and really doing that hard work that really is associated with journalism, you know, especially like if you're looking at everything like from a traditional media standpoint and such, Kotaku really gets down and dirty on stuff and they really do some really good work. Especially from a lot of stories that they've broken, especially about Fallout 4, when the game wasn't even confirmed yet that they got all that those documents talking about Fallout 4 and revealed it to the public, you know, and wrote up a whole story about it. Uh, with Assassin's Creed, uh, what is it, Unity? Which I think at the time it was called Assassin's Creed Victory. Oh, that's, they, they leaked Unity before it was announced, and then last yeah. year they leaked Syndicate. Syndicate was called Victory, that was last okay. year. But even the year before that, they leaked Unity. Okay, yeah. So, so, but it was like they had all these different leaks, and it was stories that they were following from anonymous sources and getting all this information which they were publishing and such. Now, obviously, when games leak, you know, it could be looked at both sides, you know, for the game developers or the game publishers and the PR and such. It kind of sucks for them because it ruins their surprise and it ruins their control over the messaging of like what their games are going to be and such. And that's one thing about it. It's not necessarily something that's demonizing of Kotaku because they're doing their job. You know, when when somebody gives you all these technical documents, you know, from an anonymous source that's vetted and it's actually confirmed that they're real, you know, you're not just not going to go publish that or not going to go talk about that, you know, double negative there. But it means it's like you're not just going to sit on that, especially if you're a website that deals with if you're claiming to be journalists. Exactly. You know, you're going to do your job. And the problem is, though, that there gets this blurred line between uh, what is it, professionalism and the job and friendship and stuff. And also a little bit of personal personal uh, views on such, you know, not just with the people on the outside looking in, but with the PR in general, because I think that, you know, it's a little bit petty, at least from my standpoint and my point of view. I want to get yours in just a second. You know, it's a little bit petty to kind of really kind of blacklist an outlet and really kind of, you know, shut an outlet out from community communication not give them copies or units for review and such just because they're doing their job and just kind of rolling with something that's kind of like you know given to them and it's pretty much ends up being true you know it it kind of it's just a little bit petty to me but david i want to get your thoughts on this yeah so i have a lot of them um for the most part this is uh well here's the basic thing is i don't have any problem well not too much of a problem with this piece so i would it's called a Price of Games Journalism is the title of this, if you're looking for it on Kotaku, and it is by Totillo. Um, I would say it's not a price, I would say it's the price. I think it comes with the job, is where they right. it kind of comes with the job. This is, and I, I agree with what you're saying, so I would say Kotaku, in terms of breaking stories like this, is probably one of the few, if not the only one, and obviously that's not even a majority of what they do, but they do it more often it seems than other places so this is the kind of work that journalism is you get the information you give it to your readers um on the other hand there's nothing at all wrong with a pr company blacklisting them that's totally in their right and you know they can do it for whatever reason they want they don't owe anybody a review copy so the thing I like, I appreciate the uh, transparency of this article, and I just I'm not sure what the end game is. Like, it doesn't really read like they're whining, like oh, give us our games back, we want our review copies. Um, but I could see how somebody would think, you know, what is the what benefit is it to announce this other than I guess uh, people maybe put a little pressure on the publishers. well i can answer that i think i can answer that because i think he even says it in there is that that he's been dealing with something with that with trying to open that communication or, and kind of build that bridge again with bethesda and ubisoft for a long time now i think he says it for like a better part of a year i think that he's been you know trying to talk with them trying to get their his people out to their events and stuff talk about their games and even despite all that he still covers the games even if especially if they're positive or whatnot, he still covers them and doesn't let any of that muddied up his views about the games or about all this news yeah. and all that stuff. 
That's I good. That's so, I mean, I have no doubt that these companies will come around in time. You know, different people will be in the jobs. I doubt it's like a top-down CEO decision saying nobody from Bethesda will speak with anybody associated with Kotaku. Um, I mean, it could be, but I would doubt that's the case. So, you know, these things take time, and they're not guaranteed anything, but that's how it is. And I don't wonder if that's not necessarily a bad thing that they have their own skin in the game and they're buying their own copies um i especially for a small time you know if you're doing this independently yeah you don't want to be buying every game you have to review but for a corporation with gawker money behind it maybe it's not so bad that they aren't getting free stuff because that's the thing it's like if they want to be more we're the the hard journalists then it might be time to not be accepting free stuff from all of these publishers and it is my understanding that these game companies send out piles and piles of free stuff uh, not just games but you get all these you, you know you'll get special packaging and t-shirts and whatever all the merchandise that goes along with it and they just throw all this free stuff at you and sure it's not you're getting this free stuff and we expect a positive review but at the same time like a different field most like a newspaper reporter is probably not allowed to take anything free period just flat yeah. out so yeah you're right and i think what was it if you guys haven't seen yet i really encourage you to watch it it's archived now for like the next 30 days look at colin and greg live from uh, november 19th which went when it broke out and they were talking about it and greg gave some insight because he has a journalism degree because he, he went to mizzou for for yeah. traditional uh, uh media and such and he talks about how, like, you know, in, in the traditional sense, as, as a journalist and such, you don't accept anything. You pay for your own stuff. You know, you go to your events with your own airfare and such like that. And really where a lot of the, the difference is with us is that because we're enthusiast press and a lot of people like it, they, they want it both ways in, in some right. respects. And it really the, shouldn't be that way. It's and it's just like, you know, if, if you're going to be looked at as traditional press and stuff, then you should be doing all these different things. And he, there are outlets, and I think that Giant Bomb does it and Kotaku does it and even Polygon does it to an extent where they don't accept a lot of those free like freebies that like a lot of companies that send them out to but the bulk of like other places like not everyone obviously and not just big sites and medium sites or whatever but a lot of other places do and like you know they, they wave a flag about okay we're, we're journalists or stuff like that we're ethical and all that things like that but then when you have things like this that really come up where really you separate the men from the boys right. and, you or know, even the, even shows I mean they have these big yeah. events or even E3 or something review events review yeah. events like they did one for Star Wars Battlefront which I think Polygon was even talking about saying like hey listen we're not going to be part of this embargo because we didn't accept any of this stuff and we're going to publish our stuff from EA Access our impressions right now rather than adhere to this like different things like that yeah, it's it's yeah. That's the problem. Is everybody wants? I, I'm just speaking from like a reader view. You want the information as soon as possible, which usually means the reporting side of it has to come under terms that are unilaterally handed out from the publishers. So if you want a game early, then you don't get to talk about it until this day, or you know, and whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever the terms are, and that's fine. But uh, as a reader. You, if you want the information early, you have to know that these companies are basically cutting deals, not like for scores or anything, but they're saying, you know, here you get this review copy, but here are the terms behind it. And so it's hard to say you want that, but you also want, you know, and a lot of people beat the drum about making games journalism more real journalism. Well, if that's the case, then you're going to have to wait because if you expect this quote-unquote real journalism, they better not be just taking free stuff from all of these people ahead and of time. And you know something? You know something? And I see, and I, I, I totally agree a lot with what you're saying. Uh, a lot of that also, like I mentioned before, is like a really gray area that people seem to just muddy it up everything because a lot of people want it both ways. And I see a lot of that, and it's been brought up into question over the last couple of months with a lot of YouTube uh, personalities, you know, people that have channels that get huge followings and they get out there and they're covering games and such. And they're always trying to wave the, the banner of that they're better, uh, was it? better outlets or better facets to go to for information about video games and stuff like that better than the bigger websites or better than these particular specific websites and such like that but then you get all this stuff that really calls into question not only that integrity but also that credibility 
you know, about specific stuff. There was a recent thing that happened con- around the same time as this this had came out about uh, what was it? I believe it was about Rooster Teeth on their podcast where. What was it? One of the guys was criticizing Jeff Gertzman and stuff like that. And he was yeah. talking about how Jeff Gertzman scored Fallout 4 low and stuff. And yeah. then all of a sudden, there was he a response. He comes back and says, yeah. Like, well, you guys you got pit boys and stuff. And you're yeah. talking highly of the game. Yeah. You know, you got from Bethesda, sponsored by Fallout 4 and stuff. Like, you know, there's those questions of credibility that are out there and such. And again, it's just that so many people both – in the media side of things and outside and the reader and the viewer side of things like that. Yeah. And so many people just want to be in this gray area where they could accept things that's convenient to them, not as how they should be ideally. I think it's easy to rile up your fan base by taking pot shots at other places, but you better make sure you have your own stuff in line before you start exactly. doing that. Cause yeah, that that's bad. If you are saying, Oh, you're giving a low score just to be contrarian and get hits well well here's the thing meanwhile and, they're putting out fallout 4 videos sponsored by fallout 4 videos and we love fallout 4 so obviously everybody else must love Fallout now 4. now in in to his credit because i watched the whole podcast it was like a almost a two-hour podcast or so okay and such like that in the context of everything it wasn't as bad as what people were making it out to be you know when you listen to that one like what like couple minute sound clip out of there it's like well wow that's kind of rude and that's kind of messed up and such and it wasn't as bad and such but the still the question still remains and, and that discussion still should be had and whatnot that okay we're going to talk about you know the gaming industry the games media and stuff and journalism and what's ethical and what's not and such like that then obviously there needs to be some sort of consensus to okay what's really acceptable here like how should one the games media really be adhering to the demands of like the pr and really bend over backwards to kind of uh uh, was it have a messaging or ha- tell their viewers and such what's right and what's okay by the PR or should they stay true to themselves or stay true to what's right by their viewers and tell things or approach things from how you know they feel or how they should interpret things like as opposed to just again having that PR filter having that like fear of not getting coverage because you happen just to inform your fans about something or you happen to report on a leak that's out there that just so happens to be true yeah. now you know, there's a lot of gray area here with all that stuff. Well, the thing is, you know, it's kind of a stand together, die alone thing. Um, yeah, you got to choose which hill you want to die well, on. Well, not even that. I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, I'm going to touch on both things, but I agree you need to pick your side. But on top of that, if everybody said, uh, if everybody took the Kotaku side on this, every outlet said, no, you know, we're going to leak our stories. And if you cut us off, then if. Every game uh, media company just says, okay, you cut us off, that's fine. Then, I mean, that hurts the publishers, and they're going to have to cave if they all... Well, here's the thing. I don't think it hurts one side or the other. Like, with Kotaku's case with Fallout 4 and... uh, What is it? Oh, damn. There goes my dog. With Fallout 4 and also, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed and such, it's not too much of a big deal with for them because not only they're still reporting on the games and they still got a big following it's not like they're going to lose all these people from watching their coverage about uh what is it about these particular games no i just mean like they're not gonna take away review copies flat out and just be like all right i mean the, 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 the websites can still buy the games right yeah i know but still get it they're i'm just saying they want their messaging out there so they're not just going to say all right we as ubisoft are making a company decision that nobody period gets review copies they're never going to do that because that hurts them they want the messaging out they want to control it as much as they can but if the media companies don't play along with that then that puts ubisoft in a position where they have to decide okay, are we really going to do this or are we just, are we going to send the copies out anyway? Because in the long term, this helps us more than it hurts us to send. And you know something, and you know something, I think sometimes, or at least it feels like, cause I don't know exactly. I don't know anybody personally. That's part of a PR firm for a game company or a does, or has done gaming PR per se, but it sometimes does feel a little bit like that. Some of the way, like some of the actions that you take, you know, having been on the receiving end of like a company kind of like shutting you out and such, it, it really feels like sometimes it could be reactionary by the PR companies, not just to what the outlet's doing, but also to the response and the talk and the chatter from other gamers out there or just consumers or people on the internet and forums. Or and what such kind stuff. of mood they woke up in. It's totally arbitrary. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And, but that's at the same time, they're not journalists and they don't owe everybody equal access. So exactly. you know, I, I, on the one side, yeah, I get it. Okay, it's kind of, you know, it's bad for Kotaku, but, you know... 
they don't have to give you a review copy. That's not like it's not a you're not a political candidate claiming for equal time on broadcast TV. It's not the same yeah. thing. So, yeah, I I think your whole uh, pick which hill to die on is kind of the bigger point here. Is I would like to see people just say you know as a company we are. Do you want to be the serious journalist or do you want to be the gamer enthusiast media and there's nothing wrong with either of those but there is a difference so don't don't be the enthusiast media and pretend like you're a serious journalist and don't be a journalist and be taking all this free stuff and making backdoor deals about when you can do things i mean it's kind of just you know if you want to be the journalist then you're not going to e3 and grabbing every free thing that gets handed out to you in lines you know and if you want to be the enthusiast media stop trying to pretend like you are 100 percent pure objective when you're accepting all this stuff and you know you can do your very best to be objective and block that out but it's hard to prove to anybody else if they know that you will take you know, you're going to take your free Pip-Boy edition with all this extra And you know stuff. something? You're touching on something that, that I think is a good point. That a lot of people, not just some outlets and especially just some individuals or personalities and stuff too, but also even gamers, consumers, people that read stuff on the net from these different websites. Stop demonizing particular outlets for one thing or another. It's one thing to call an entity or a person or whatever, a group, out on something that's BS that might have been a, a huge mistake or something wrong. That's one thing. But don't demonize them just for one small thing and then automatically they're the complete devil. Like IGN got that recently, especially, and I did a video about this, about Kingdom Hearts where in the past, you know, a couple people that worked for the site talked about uh, a particular uh, Kingdom Hearts game and they said they had opinions about it where they just didn't like it as much or didn't like some aspect about it. And that riled up that community and kind of got them all, you know, twisted up and such. And then ever since that day, automatically, this whole giant uh, community of fans of that series don't want the website to be covered. They they automatically, like, say nasty, nasty, terrible stuff about them every time they do stuff. Like, they recently did a video about uh, the history of Awesome. I don't know if you've ever seen that series before, the history of Awesome. I've seen some Okay, they did one about Kingdom Hearts a couple days ago, and as soon as it went out, they were praising the game, like talking about the game back when it was, I think it was 2002, 2004, uh, when it came out on PlayStation 2. They said awesome things about the game. Immediately still, both in the comment section, on Twitter, from what I saw, immediately all this nasty stuff about how IGN doesn't know what they're talking about, they shouldn't be covering that games and such, and it's it's an actual trend now these days, especially over the last year or so, to really take pop shots or really demonize websites for little things. And Kotaku has gone that many times throughout the years that I've noticed, you know, over stuff that really is not a huge deal. Now, granted, there's been things here and there that a lot of people are justified for being upset at what the website does. But then don't demonize the website, you know, especially when they're doing good work on stuff or they're doing good things, you know, in general for gaming or just for people that follow gaming in the industry and stuff over old stuff or stuff that's really menial or jumping on the bandwagon, which is really what it is, of people that have certain opinions about stuff. And because there's this overwhelming majority that has a kind of misinformed opinion, that automatically that in order to be kind of like be part of the majority and stuff, you have to agree with what they say and just to demonize one website or another. And I, I find that way too much and I find it disgusting. I find it really unsavory. Yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of the society we live in. Everybody wants to be on the winning team. And, you know, if you... Not not us, but I mean, there's a large swath of people that you know they pick their game website, and you know I'm a Kotaku reader, so therefore IGN is wrong about everything, and we need to make sure everybody knows it. And 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 it's not just them too; it's not just followers and stuff, but it's even like you know personalities like on YouTube, some people from other websites here and there and such that really demonize and they look at them and they want to make themselves feel a little bit more legitimate than other bigger websites for those types of reasons and again there's this gray area they want it both ways or they want to have certain things done a specific way to the, what they individually they just feel it's their liking rather than just what it actually is and such and they try to pass it off as like okay they're much more credible they're much more legitimate and that I feel is kind of disgusting and that what's that's what brings down the industry you know the coverage of games media as a whole and that just brings it it makes everybody look bad Really, really bad, in my yeah. opinion. Another thing to, you know, to keep in mind is these articles are very, very often in this industry written from an individual's point of view, not a not business the group. point of exactly. view. Exactly. Thank you. So, 
if you're reading a Mitch Dyer review that he sure he's giving the score for IGN but that doesn't mean that not know, everybody at IGN doesn't mean Jared Petty thinks the same thing of the game exactly. as Mitch so it's you got to keep that in mind and not just blast you know so so one guy didn't like a game so therefore this whole website is now corrupt you know yeah and I find too much of that and I hate that 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 really rubs me the wrong way like I I even a Mitch Dyer thing just to, to build up upon your point I I hated Mitch Dyer's review of Double Dragon Neon back in the day when he did it because I didn't agree with his review and stuff but immediately like there was all these other people that really based off of that not only were really kind of like firing shots at the credibility of IGN as a website. You know, that's been around in the industry for like so long and stuff. You know, when I based on this one review and immediately they want to dismiss the entire outlet. And I'm like, that's not cool. And I find that a lot from some people that try to be professionals in this industry, which I think is wrong. Yeah. I think it's totally and it, it's it's there's a there's a whole ethical thing when it comes to working together with competition, working together with other people that are in your same field and such. And one of the things that I never really agreed with was firing shots at other people that are part of this industry. It, it's not it has nothing to do with disagreeing with them. That that is that's a yeah, totally separate thing. It's more about just shots for your own benefit yeah it's cheap it's an easy way to get a pop out of your fans and you know it it's just yeah it's so cheap and meaningless like okay so why well, you gotta worry about what you're doing and not worry about what other people are doing exactly it doesn't matter what kotaku's doing if you're ign and you want to put out the best product that you have so yeah who cares it's just uh to, cut, to kind of relate it back to like what we were talking about, because I know we went off on a huge tangent a little well, bit. That's there. all related. But I mean, you know, but it's kind of got to like refocus on it a, bit, a little bit. You know, a lot. The reason why we bring all that stuff up is because then again, the reaction to Kotaku putting that out there, even though I feel it was genuine, like the, the reading the article and following sure, article, knowing about this stuff. Yeah. You know, the reaction from some people, even me having talked to Stephen Satillo at a couple of minutes, I've, I've talked with Stephen at a E3 before, you know, about a bunch of random stuff, you know, just in passing and such. And people try to make it out, like not just Stephen, but uh, the outlet of Kotaku is like, oh, they deserve this. You know, they should be blacklisted. They're, they're, they're corrupt with all these stories and all these things that's happened with them and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, like they're actually doing stuff which everybody here you know, for the last year or so has been calling for in games media and stuff. They're doing that and they're getting flack for it. Right. That, that is probably the ultimate irony here is because, you know, Kotaku gets a lot of flack for the, you know, the, the Gamergate stuff. And if they're going to decry that they want real journalism, then Kotaku's probably the place they need to be watching the most. It's just kind of funny because you get something like this. Be, like Colin says, you should be following Jason Shar. He's probably the, the best one, for, according to him, the best one that has had the most like legit journalism news stories to break, you know, and, I mean, and editorial like, period in the industry for a while. The, the whole idea of, you know, breaking stories and everything is like that's what you should want if you're wanting hard journalism. So don't be decrying this whole company. But, you know, I get – Reading this, um, I, I'm not 100% positive on this story. Like, I get it, but it does. To me, it comes dangerously close to self-congratulatory. Um, and I don't think that's their intent. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have the best of intentions in just saying, you know, this is, this is the situation in case you're wondering about it. But I could see why people would think, you know, they're kind of beating their own drum and, you know, look at us. Where we are, or playing the victim, I can see that, but you know, that is what it is. And if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna break these stories and not make friends, and that's kind of the biggest thing is they should be in business to be making friends with PR companies. Like, exactly, and that's kind of a thing. Like, and I'm not gonna sit here and tell two people they can't be friends, but I think. In this industry, you check it at the door. Basically, that's yeah. what Greg Miller said. Like it was, it was perfectly put like that. You check that stuff at the door when, when the job, when it comes time to do the job like that. And I, I think, that, I think that, a lot of people, yeah, I think a lot of people in this industry cannot or are unwilling to do that or or incapable. Yeah, because that's why it's like, I think in games media you get a lot of buddy buddy. Everybody knows each other because it's it's relatively small. Uh, group of people and they're all yeah. concentrated basically in the San Francisco area for the most part so everybody knows each other you're all at the same events so you know you go to the review you've events, seen a lot of the, see same, the same people over and over so it's natural that you're going to try to get along with these people but at the same time if you guys are 
you know, going out and hanging out on your personal time and your friends, that's fine, but that kind of makes it hard to give an objective journalistic like Greg, opinion. Greg gave a perfect example. Again, like exactly what you're saying, Greg gave a perfect example, like, you know, when, when he was still at IGN where, you know, he knows people at a particular, uh, was a studio. All of a sudden, this is leaking out. This news is breaking out. It's like, okay, hey, listen, give him a call. It's like, hey, listen, this is happening right now. You know, this is the news that's breaking out and stuff. Get official confirmation and then get off the record confirmation and stuff. And then judge from there and use common sense and stuff. But you still follow along and do the job or whatnot. You don't just like, oh, let me not just say anything like that because I know person X and person Y over there and I don't want to make them upset or I don't want to, you know, do anything that, you know, to, 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 to kind of get them mad at me or whatnot. You know, that, that doesn't, sure. that shouldn't exist. Period. Yeah, I think, uh, Greg Miller is probably one of the very few people that is in the industry that comes from a journalism school that has a background. Yeah. So I, most people are coming out of this and like Colin, you know, he's very much into the idea of journalism too and he, he seems yeah. to know what he's talking about but he oh, comes yeah. from what history right or something so I think, yeah like, he comes from a history major the whole you know the whole industry is just full of just a hodgepodge of people who got there because they love it but they're not necessarily from a hard journalism background whereas greg is so i think i think he probably did it the right way always but i think he was probably the exception rather than the rule uh, I agree. I think like, he has a much more unique perspective because he has that that viewpoint from being part of a traditional outlet for traditional journalism yeah, so and I, going through that process. I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see him talk about that. But just you know, from my own experience, you know, from like Beyond and stuff, um, they dump on PlayStation a lot. Like, yeah. They, and, and not to their face. And because, he even says to their face. Well, to I, his face. <laughs> and they do it because you know they love it too, and they want it to be better. But they're not just going. They're not around. sucking up. Yeah, they're not they're... all positive. You know, just only talking about the good things and how much they love it. They're they're not know, a PR asset. Right. Really they're is. constantly asking Shu when they can change their name. You know, stuff like that. And you know, and Shuhei still comes on the show all the time because, and he knows it's like. He knows they're not just like an extended PR wing of Sony, but so I, you know, it is what it is. If you, if you say things that are negative, then a PR company might shun you, but you just kind of got to deal with that. And I would say if you know what you're reporting is true and they shut the door on you because of that, then I guess you can be comfortable that you're doing the right thing and you shouldn't worry about it and in time things will get better but you know it at the end of the day it's not uh it's not a huge worry if you're doing it for the sake of journalism so it's yeah i don't know it's you know to me it's kind of like not unimportant but it's kind of like yeah isn't that pretty much what everybody expected that it's could part happen? of it it's a growing thing like it's pretty much yeah so it's kind of thing like if there's going to be a shift in the industry to where they're moving towards a more uh where the reporting ends up being more based on actual journalism integrity uh based uh concepts then this is going to happen more and more so you know it's probably a good thing to keep in mind but like i said before you know if somebody doesn't care about this and just wants to be the enthusiast media that's buddies with all the people you know there's they can do whatever they want and people will like that too so there's plenty of room for everybody Definitely, definitely. Exclamation point. So, yeah, I thought it was just a big topic. I thought it was really important. It was a good discussion with that yeah. one. But, David, it is about that time. Indeed it is. And it's so, uh, exciting times time. here. We yeah. have a, a brand new uh, IGN All-Star Community Spotlight. Spotlight. Yes. <gasps> oh, man. It's, uh, Who is this week's Community Spotlight? We have Richie T23. So you can see him over at people.ign.com slash R-I-C-H-I-E-T-2-3. Is he the Mr. T of the, uh, was it IGM community boards? Does he walk around with like I have no idea. I don't know. You should. You're welcome, Richie T. I assume that's Richie T. It's not like French or something like Richie A or, you know. But uh, uh, two of his favorite games are GTA V and the entire Mass Effect trilogy. Kind of cheating on that second pick, Richie. Yeah, you cheater, Um, Richie T. And... that's okay, you know, you can do what you want. Uh, Richie hopes to get an Xbox One for Halo 5 and Tomb Raider. 
but has his eyes set on Deus Ex for 2016. And it just got bumped, didn't it? Yeah, it just got uh, it got delayed until next year. So when he's not gaming, Richie loves watching football, cooking, drawing, and spending time with his son. Swing by his my IGN page and say hello. That's pretty cool. I hope he gets a lot of good uh, fun times gaming with his son. That's always cool because when you have when you have a child like that, especially when they're old enough to play games and such, you got your co-op partner right there. Yep. There you go. Yep. You just have to uh, scale it back and play a lot of Lego games and stuff. Well, no, you could train him, train him in the ways of the Force. You know, Star Wars Battlefront just came out. You're gonna be like, hey, the son, it's about time you know about Star Wars and yeah. train him like that. These controllers, though, they're too big for a lot of for young kids. Yeah, I know, but I, I run into my own nieces and nephews, give them a PS4 controller, and it's just like literally too big for their hands. So, you know, but with time, yes, you definitely, uh, I, I understand showing them the way. They'll learn. <laughs> That's cute, though. But there you go, Richie T. You're this week's IGN Community Spotlight. So, yeah. Yes, congratulations. So, any other final thoughts, David, before we wrap this uh, up? Yes, so... We have, I guess, show news. We are planning to be off next week for American Thanksgiving. Yep. So I'm going to be getting some turkey. I don't know what you're going to be doing, David. <laughs> well, I mean, I eat that stuff. I just don't enjoy it. You know, I eat, I eat the minimum to not starve and whatever. It's like I'm very much happy to get back to regular food the next day. Um, mm. You know, so we'll take next week off, and we're not 100% sure what we're going to do, but we there will be some sort of holiday break coming up for us so i guess you will have to stay tuned to the twitter account which is at all-star pod on twitter you can follow that and get updates about the show but we're probably going to take at least one week off here if not more and maybe we were talking about uh possibly doing a game of the year show in the meantime so lots to choose from with that one i mean there's going to be some discussion on that winding the year down so we'll be back you know early next year if nothing else but uh definitely no show next week and i yeah the the game of the year discussions will be good because i think there's a lot of different ways you can go this year there's been yeah there's been some great games strong year so oh yeah i mean i can't wait can't wait then we'll have pete back you know after he's done being in the galaxy far far away fighting the empire and such we'll, we'll have a lot of games to talk about because he might be fighting the rebels you know, oh, or, shouldn't oh make yeah assumptions. pete join in the empire the rebel scum. find out next time on the ign all-star community podcast <laughs> still that, that's gonna be fun so anyway good way to find out what we're doing follow us up on twitter you can follow me at at venomous fat man one follow the, the the podcast at ign all-star pod all-star pod oh, no, no ign right yeah just yeah I, I said pod. ign but it's like yeah. at all-star pod and, and we're Email us is at allstarpod at hotmail.com, yep. which is good. And then you can also fo- follow Pete at Pete Lopez on Twitter, which that, is spelled with Lee. That, so yeah, if you know anything about zero. Lee, yeah, if you know anything about Lee, then, then you'll know how to spell Pete's uh, which is it, the, uh, Twitter just handle. Which the though. The, the E's are not threes. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, just Pete Lopez with an O as a zero. Like that. Send him a tweet. Tell tell him what's he doing. Ask him what's he doing in Star Wars Battlefront. If, is he rebels or imperialists? We're gonna settle this next episode. But still, thanks anyway, guys, for checking out this episode of the IGN All Star Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got to your listening pleasure out of it. Go play some games. Enjoy yourselves. We will talk to you again real soon. Peace out. Stay epic, everybody. Bye.